fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It is the thirty-something movie podcast. Ooh, co- coming in, coming in a little hot there. Maybe that was that was exuberant for the start of the podcast. I don't know if I feel the way I sound. I, dude, man, I'd go with it, and okay. I just want to go as an aside. I I think it's been watching the How to Train Your Dragon shows or whatever. But whenever my daughter is bicycling now and she's like pedaling the you know, to beat the band, like going down a hill, like I'm not sure if she's going to make the turn at the bottom of this hill. She just Let's out with coming in hot, blowing out snot, and just going to beat the man on her bicycle. And the thing is, she'll like go down the hill, you know, and like make the turn. But then the use you have to use like the front lawn of the person at the bottom of the hill, like use their front lawn to like make the apex of the turn. And but that's what she yells, coming in hot, blowing out snot. And I think it's from the How to Train Your Dragon thing. Nice. Um, I I may use that now when I sometimes I I, I take that uh, roundabout. That's uh, you know near near where we live. Oh yeah, uh, I, I might take that roundabout uh, a little fast sometimes, and maybe I'll just yell that out the window the next time I do that. I think you should when you start to hear the tires squeal, like oh, losing traction. Uh-huh. Sometimes I run down the hallway at school, so I may have to use that at that moment. Yes, do it. I'm using I'm using it at every faculty meeting. Does, That's what I'm doing. I'm going to hold you to that. That's right, man. That's Je- right, Jeff. Do you do you still play? Um, do Do you honor my memory and and still play the uh, patron saint of adrenaline? I haven't in a while. Okay. I should though. I should. That's a great. I think story. I got it on a playlist. Yeah, that's a good one. I always like to just yell out the higher and higher part. Saint Elmo's fire. It's usually it it it's part. I, I used to play it at the beginning of the school year during some. Um, Classroom activities. Yeah. It was on my playlist. Now we just, when I was in my prior classroom, not around any others except for Tanya, I just turn the stereo up and just, you know, let the tunes fly. Now, you know, I'm around a whole bunch of other classrooms. Got to be respectable and all that. So I did that. I did that last year. I did that last year. And I got a text message from one of the tech directors, the tech director that says I tripped out the uh, audio alarms or audio limits or whatever. And that I needed to turn my music down. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Bo's here. Hey, Hey, there's Bo. Night is made. Oh man. Bo, how are you? Speaking of suburban commandos. Speaking of suburbanite going, Commando, you're well, muted, man. Can't hear you. Better for you guys that I'm muted. Trust me. Well, I, maybe. 
It's never better for me when you're muted. What What is the thing, Bo, Bo, you always, you guys always say when you're so kind and I'm just like rambling and it's just like, okay, I fell asleep while I'm talking and I'm, I got to just be quiet. And you guys are like, it's okay, Pat. It's an audio medium. If you didn't talk, right. we wouldn't have a show. Right. So it's, it's fair. I'll, I'll reciprocate, Bo. If you were on mute, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a show. You know, this isn't the well, mime, thank the, you. This isn't the French mime podcast. So thank which, God, because those things are creepy. <laughs> which which pivots us into our movie for today. Hey, let me help you out, brother. <laughs> oh, this must be like a level ten force field. <laughs> I was frozen today. <laughs> I love that. Oh, this movie cracks me up. Such oh. a dumb movie, but we'll get into that. Yes. It made me cry because I actually watched the whole thing. Did you really? I did. That's okay. I started watching. That's okay. I started watching some of the Razzies after watching this one, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of liking these movies. There might be something wrong with me. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, how was this one not a Razzie? Is that what you were asking? Yeah, well, hey, you know what? It's not my place to judge. I'm not going to judge. No, this one's if, actually, maybe not judge, but certainly comment on. I mean, actually, you're, you're the co-host it is an of, audio medium. I was going to say, you're the co-host of a movie podcast. It kind of is yeah. your job to judge. Yeah, that's I, sort of the, the, the shtick we've uh, developed for ourselves mm-hmm. here. Well, are, are we are we hurting for patrons? Because usually whenever I do, they're going <laughs> to bust out of the... What, well, what? remember, that's why we added the level. Make that's Pat right. watch something he'll hate. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, what movies do you hate this week? Right? I, I haven't found any this week. That was the problem. I, I got might, nothing. I might double the donation for anyone that makes Pat watch Pearl Harbor. Oh. <laughs> oh. I might have oh. to double that donation. Oh, I'll, I'll watch Pearl Harbor. Oh, I'll watch Pearl Harbor. We're going to review the snot out of that movie, let me tell Coming you. Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming in hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Pat, yeah, there, we're gonna, uh, there's there's a song that you'll appreciate. I don't know why I watched this. It just happened to be something that, I don't know, it popped up. It's like, you may also enjoy this. I'm like, I, I know I will. It's real stupid, but I know I will. Um, I just recently watched Team America World Police. Oh, wow. Matt <laughs> oh, no. Damon. Matt Damon, which, which I have not watched in years, and I never really watched before because it came out when I worked in the theater, so I had seen uh-huh. that movie many, many times, but in oh. very many bits and pieces, not in order. Um, so, so I had so, not watched so you, it from beginning to end, oh, but I did the other oh. day, and I, I, I thought of you when they were singing the song about um, how much Michael Bay missed the point of Pearl Harbor, and oh, I know, yeah. I know, <laughs> oh, I know, and what's what's America? Yeah, <laughs> what is that? Is that are we like fifteen years on from when that movie came out? Uh, what was that? Two thousand five? Because, yeah, yeah, fifteen. What? Oh four. Is that, okay? Because, yeah. okay. Because I mean, even even the perspective of what that movie was really doing mm-hmm. has pretty significantly changed, even in the last uh-huh. couple of years. Like you, oh, yeah. you kind of watch that through a different lens now, you know? Yeah, I, I watched that one. The two that I watched back to back recently were that one and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> That's a there good pairing, go. actually. It actually pretty. It was, yeah. Uh, Team America was two thousand four. It's two thousand four. Okay, all right. I knew it was right around then because I worked at the movie theater like 2004, 2005. Crazy stuff. All right. Well, we are here tonight. Uh, We have the the fabulous foursome here uh, because we are here to talk about a movie in which um, uh, two men sit down for a a lovely dinner at a restaurant and talk about the 
uh, philosophy of life and and the theater and and uh, oh I'm God oh God I'm sorry guys that's that's my notes for our Patreon episode. Um, this time it's Suburban Commando. It's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit. Wouldn't want to visit. Yeah, uh, Suburban Commando <laughs> is not what I just described, um, but we'll get there because because we all watched it, and and that's sometimes that's the best you can say is that we all watched something. Yeah, yeah. I I will preface it by oh. saying I love this movie as a kid. And oh yeah, and watching like, it when well, watching it again, I was like, I know every scene. I still remember. Every I scene know in this movie. there wasn't a thing I didn't remember, and yeah. I couldn't decide if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Can I uh, interrupt the flow of this conversation before we get into the movie? Unflow it, yeah. I would like to throw out a recommendation for the Val Kilmer documentary. Yeah. That was a fascinating experience. Yeah, it was. I, I, I'm still processing some of it. Um, I think I texted you guys about it when I was starting it, and just what a a, a, a real experience. This you know, very raw, very emotional. Uh, you know, I I wasn't sure how I was supposed to feel about him. With you know, or you know, did did he want me to feel bad for him because of what he's going through or not because of the seemingly inner peace that he's found now in his life? I, I don't know, but it was, it was such a, at times difficult journey to watch as his son narrated for him. But I, it, it's on Amazon prime. It's called Val. It's, Definitely worth checking out if uh, if you guys haven't, if our listening audience hasn't yet stumbled across that, go check it out. Well, and a lot of, like, I mean, without spoiling too much of the documentary, but I mean, a lot of tragedy in his life. But I, I will say for me, when I was watching it, the part where it kind of hit and I was like, oh, man, that just, that just, I don't know, it started to get tough to watch was when he's already at the point where, um, you know, he's he's gone through his cancer and his procedures and he's in Austin, Texas, and he's signing autographs. And he's just he just looks so exhausted. And you can tell mm-hmm. he even says later on, he's like, I, I don't like doing this stuff. Like, I don't like I don't like this whole autograph thing. I don't like this side of it. But then the fans also remind me of like why I did some of this stuff in the first place. And he just. He just looks tired. And then there's a scene where he's at like a, I think it might be San Diego Comic-Con and he's signing autographs and he, he's telling me, I, I got to take a break. And they're still, yeah. they're pushing him to do like a few more autographs. And then I think he just, he turns at one point, he's like, I got to go lay down. And then he just turns and like throws up because uh, he was feeling so sick. And I'm like, you just, you know, you don't, there's all those people waiting in line to get their autograph. And they just, a lot of times you don't see that person as a human being. And like that was hard to see him and him in that him in the state he's in anyway, because of, you know, the, the cancer that he had. But then just, you know, how as an actor, he was so full of life when he was younger. And now everything is a struggle. What what got to me a little bit was I think it probably in, in the same scene was the. For lack of a better word, demand that the fans had of like how he should autograph their thing. Yeah. 
Like it, I want you to write this and say this and put this and write this and like, dude, look at him, let him put his name on it, smile and kindly walk on. Like one after another was like, can you please write this to my best buddy in the whole world? I am dangerous or whatever. Like, I don't know. Can I be your wingman? You can be my wingman. They, I hope they didn't have him write. That's right. I'm dangerous because that was Maverick's line. No, they were, they, were, like, they were having him write like, uh, you can be my yeah. wingman. And okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if they did that, that'd be like a double jerk move. Well, I, yeah. you know, I think, uh, yeah, you see that kind of stuff. And you know, sometimes you forget that like, yeah, they're real people. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to forget that piece well, of it. And I, and I felt, and I felt terrible for him watching this because he had so many things that he wanted to do throughout his life and his career. And a lot of them just never lived up to his expectations, you know, like, you know, wanting to be Batman. And then he talks about what it was like to play Batman and wanting to work with Marlon Brando. And then when he finally gets to work with Marlon Brando. Yeah. That broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, what did they say? Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just the, the experience that he had with, or I guess you should say without Brando. Yeah. And how difficult that was. But yeah. I mean, and the fact that it's a lot of it's cobbled together by his own, uh, his own video footage mm-hmm. that he shot on his camcorder. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. But, and the, the first time you hear him, hear him speak, cause his son sounds just like him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. His son, his son sounds just like he used to. Yeah. Cause when, when the, the, the whole thing started, when the documentary started, I was like, wow, he sounds really good. And then it points out the fact that his son is narrating the thing and it cuts to Val and, you know, pretty much has a trach. So he's sounds like he's with a voice box and just, I don't know. It was, it was a real slap in the face of reality at that point. Um, And then the whole thing is just a, a journey into the real life of Val Kilmer. So yeah. I, I I can't recommend the documentary enough. I, I, I hope it gets nominated for some things and, uh, you know, definitely gets the viewings that it deserves. And, and he gets some of the recognition for his, his life and his career that, that he deserves. And I guess it's just been kind of overlooked by a lot of people for a lot of things. But anyway, I wanted to plug that Amazon prime. It's called Val. Go check it out. Yeah, I wanted to. It was kind of my intention to talk about it in one of our one of our more recent episodes, but you weren't on, and I knew you had watched it, so I was like, I want to wait and and maybe just talk about this for a few minutes once Jeff's on. So I'm I'm glad you were here tonight. I'm glad I'm here too. All right. Well, we are talking about Suburban Commando this time around. Very very quickly, we do spoil the movies we talk about, so this is pretty much your only spoiler alert. Uh, we are part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. This episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent, who have a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. For more information, check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. And actually, I believe um, 
I believe the kid in this movie, Michael, played by Michael Fastino, uh, is one of the people that you can book through scenestealersglobal.com. So, um, you know, he's not a kid anymore, but uh, you can go check him out there. He was also in the Monster Squad. Um, but yeah, go check out their website, scenestealersglobal.com. And you can also visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can rate the show. You can leave a voicemail there. There's a little voicemail button as soon as you go onto the website, whether it's mobile or uh, through uh, on your computer. Um, you can become a co-executive producer via Patreon, and we will make sure that whatever movie you love, um, that we review it with Pat, because he will hate it. Um, <laughs> we're going to... I'm, I'm thinking of doing, just so we can get some more Patreon folks, I'm thinking, Pat, that every week we do a little segment where you talk about a movie you hate, and then we get people to sign in that way. Um, so we're going we're gonna to call it Pat's Peeves, and then we'll just come up with a... We'll come up with a weekly thing where you can just rant on a movie that you don't like. I yeah, I'll try. I I give you like thirty seconds. I have thirty something podcasts. I give you thirty seconds. You can thirty seconds complain about a movie you don't like. All right, I have to find one. Okay, we'll, it, we'll, maybe we'll start next time. All right, all right. We're gonna turn this thing around tomorrow. All right. Well, tonight you can probably hear some of the dulcet tones of the uh, gentlemen that are here with me this evening. There's Jeff Mazuka. Hi. There's Patrick Canigallo. Hi. Hi. Oh, sorry. But, I mean, I'm trying to be dulcet. Let me let me let me try that again. Hello. Let me do my uh my best Hulk Hogan voice with all the testosterone here. Hello. <laughs> what have we here? Hello. Uh, we also have Patrick Canigallo. Hey, everybody. Now that's dulcet. That that is. That is, man. That smooths out the. I could listen to that for hours. And then we've got Bo Warmbold. Yo. 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 Um, anybody seen Suicide Squad yet? Have not. Have okay. not. Um, no. It was, and I, I completely lost track of the fact that I saw his name in the credits um, and did not remember that King Shark is played by Sylvester Stallone. Oh. So that was, that was a lot of fun to get to the end of the movie and realize that, that was Sly Stallone the entire time playing King Shark. So it is, uh, awesome. it's, it's a fun ride. So if you guys get a chance, cool. you, you got to see it. I have started doing a rewatch of Stranger Things. Yeah, you mentioned that. Hmm, that's fun. You know what? It is fun. And that I'm. Is it Stranger the second time around? Oh, it's second time. Oh, well. Please. I apologize. Um, As you should. What, what, I f what I really honed in on, though, was just, I mean, how well it's crafted from top to bottom. At least the first season. I've, I've only watched the first episode of the second season. That's how far I've gotten on the rewatch. Um, but the first season from beginning to end was just so well thought out and so well planned. And what really stood out to me this viewing was how well the kids are written. Mm, yeah. How well their dialogue is written because they speak like kids. It's not written in a way that adults would want to hear kids talk. It's written in a way that kids talk and kids behave and, you know, one minute you're best friends another another minute you're screaming at each other for no reason whatsoever or for stupid reasons. But when you're 10, 11 years old, those reasons are the biggest reasons in the world. So it doesn't change or they didn't, they didn't change the way that the kids were because they were trying to reach a bigger audience. They let the kids be kids. And because of that, those kids sold it. That first season was such a fun rewatch. And I'm hoping that um, 
although now that work's starting back up again, I don't know how much time I'll have, but I'm hoping to keep going with the rewatch and, and start diving into season two a little bit. Well, the kid, the way they always wrote the kids reminded me of the kids in E.T. That it just was like, it was like a natural kid dialogue. Yes. Very much so. So it's enjoyable for those of you that have been sitting on the fence going, yeah, should I watch Stranger Things again? The answer is yes. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. If for nothing else, then by the time you get to the, the end of the last season, you can sing the never-ending story theme. As stupid as that was, <laughs> it was such a great moment. Yeah, it was. And Pat, was just, and Pat was just sitting there going, where's the luck dragon? Yeah, so is that, it's just going to zoom is in. Is really just, happening? This, wait, this, did this season really happen, or was it all a dream? <sighs> that was, to be sure, a frustrating point with a never-ending story. Which you can go back and listen to Pat get frustrated in whatever episode number it was that we did. The never. I was only frustrated. You guys wouldn't tell me whether the luck dragon ate the bullies or not. And that's what I just wanted. I just wanted confirmation. Well, Pat, what do you think happened? (sighs) We're back to the subway thing. You know what I'm saying? You go to subway, make the sandwich like it's advertised. Don't ask me what I want on it because then it's going to be different. You know, then it's going to be the, Whatever teriyaki as interpreted by Pat. I don't want it interpreted by Pat. I'll go to my kitchen and do that. Or I'll get a job in somewhere. I mean, and it's like, make the sandwich. Let me have the sandwich. Then, okay, then I'll alter from the sandwich, right? Then the next time I come back, then I'll say, oh, I'm going to have tomatoes on that. I know it's not the original, but I'm going to, like, switch it up. Like, just tell me what happened. Then the next time I watch the movie, I'll decide if I want to accept that version or headcanon, something else. That's all I'm saying. But I liked the movie. It was a it was a wonderful movie. Except you avoided right. answering the question. What do you think happened? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. Okay. Think I don't want to think about it. Pat just rejected your question. <laughs> All right. If if you <laughs> want to go back and listen to that one, that one was about six years ago, and it was uh, episode number fifteen. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm I'm getting all wound up for the faculty meeting tomorrow. Look, I just don't want to think about it. Okay, I just don't want to think about it. I just don't want to think. All right. Well, speaking of not thinking, uh, the movie this time around was <laughs> Suburban Commando. <laughs> well played. Thank you. Thank you. I thought that was a pretty good segue. Um, Suburban Commando uh-huh. came out the 4th of October, 1991, rated PG, with a runtime mercifully of one hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> this is going to be a brutal episode. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, directed by Burt Kennedy, who died in, uh, you would think, maybe 1991, but it was 2001. Uh, he also directed The Train Robbers and The War Wagon. I shall be Bert, and you shall be... Don't you guys remember that from The Great Outdoors? No? Nothing? Okay, I'm muting. Sorry. Bo does. I caught, I caught up to you late there, but yes. And you will be Shilana. Shilana! And Aykroyd's there with the camera. Hey! Oh, right. All right. I love that movie. Turn it off. Turn it off. Grabbing the camera. Okay, I'm on you. Ta- we're already talking about other movies. I was, was going to say we've already we've, we've already moved to the great outdoors. So, um, producer for this one was Howard Gottfried, who died in 2017. He also did Altered States and Body Double. Writer was Frank A. Capello, who did Constantine, and he was a Quiet Man. Cinematography by Bernd Heinel, who did Johnny Skidmarks and It's My Party. 
editor was Terry Stokes, who did The Blob from 1988 and A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Music was done by David Michael Frank, who did Above the Law and Out for Justice. Uh, both Steven Seagal classics, of course, because everybody thinks of the soundtrack when you look at Steven Seagal movies. Uh, budget was $11 million. Box office was $8 million. Flick Metrics, which combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterboxd, gives it a 44, uh, which you might think was a total instead of an average, but no, it was an average. Uh, cinema score, there was no cinema score for this one. Starring, okay, so we got a lot of people here, just a, a cavalcade of celebrities. A, a cavalcade of people looking for a paycheck. Yes. Yes, they didn't have anything to do that weekend. Uh, Hulk Hogan plays Shep Ramsey. He was in No Holds Barred and Rocky Three. Christopher Lloyd played Charlie Wilcox. He was in the Back to the Future movies and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Shelley Duvall played Jenny Wilcox. She was in The Shining and Popeye. Larry Miller played Adrian Belts. He was in Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride. William Ball, who died in 1991, played General Souter. He was in The Defenders and The Taming of the Shrew. Joanne Deering, who played Margie Tannen. She was in Crazy Love and Cat People. Jack Elam, who died in 2003, played Colonel Dustin Dusty McCowell. He was in Once Upon a Time in the West and The Cannonball Run. Roy Dotrice, who died in 2017, played Zanuck. He was in Amadeus and The Cutting Edge. Tony Longo, who died in 2015, played Knuckles. He was in Fletch and 16 Candles. Michael Faustino played Mark Wilcox. He was in The Monster Squad and Blank Check. Mark Calloway played Hutch. He was The Undertaker from WWE. Laura Mooney played Teresa Wilcox. She was in She's Out of Control and The Twilight Zone, The Movie. And Dennis Berkeley, who died in 2013, played Deke. He was in The Doors and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Problems with his rocket compel space-traveling vigilante Shep Ramsey to spend some time on Earth. Plunking himself down in the middle of suburbia, he rents a room from Charlie, played by Christopher Lloyd, and Jenny Wilcox, played by Shelley Duvall, Shep attempts to acclimate himself. He skateboards. He accosts a mail carrier. But he's destined to be a fish out of water. When his outer space enemies arrive and pick a fight with his new friends, Shep is ready to prove his mettle. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. When it comes to intergalactic confrontation, no one can beat Shep Ramsey. Excellent work, Ramsey. So what's next? Why don't you try relaxing? But now, he's about to land in a place... Even he isn't prepared for suburbia. Get to know the locals. Blend in. How do you know which ones are the right ones? You have to squeeze it a bit. Uh, wow, I found a good one. Here, they have strange ways of fighting. You got any idea what we're going to do to you? Let me guess. You're going to pound my face. What are you, nuts? This is the 90s. We're going to sue you. They have bizarre means of protection. Stand back. You are too close. Back up. There are dangers he's never seen. Oh, my mom could stay on longer than that. And enemies he's never known. I hate suburbia. So you'd better not fake him out. Must be a K-7 force field. I'll break you out of there. Glad I could help. Or take him on. For Hulk Hogan, it's no game. It's war. Do you belong to some kind of army? Or do you just go around doing good like some kind of superhero?
Hulk Hogan, Christopher Lloyd. I was frozen today. Suburban Commando. My cat. <laughs> my cat. That's not my cat. Oh. No cats were harmed in the filming of this trailer. No, but the little I girl was, was frozen today. <laughs> Did you mention Elizabeth Moss in the credits or in the cast? Uh, I did not, but I was going to mention that later. So go ahead. Yeah, that was a very young Elizabeth Moss, the, the cat girl. And she That's not my be, cat. She would go on to become quite the uh, quite the actress. Many, many things. Uh, she was in Us. She was in Mad Men, The Handmaid's Tale, all kinds of stuff. West Wing. West Wing, yep. Zoe Bartlett. Yep. All right. Well, um, should we just jump to the three questions? I, I mean, we could. It's going to be a really short episode. We want the people to get their money's worth, even though this is free. All right. All right. Uh, first question: How does the, and, keep, and keep it family friendly? How does this movie make you feel? I'm amused. Okay. As a kid, I was excited. Like I, I was a huge Hulkamaniac, so. As a kid, I was excited. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's a harmless, I think, harmless movie. You know, some funny gags. Upon rewatch, I would have to go with so severely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so is this, okay, this question, is this the first time anybody saw this? No, no. First time I'd seen it. It was the first time you saw it, Pat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right on. Very nice. I mean, I remember the "I was frozen today." This is the '90s. I'm gonna we're gonna sue you. I mean, I remember all that from the trailers, right? Um. Yeah, man. So yeah, first time. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I vividly. In fact, we probably went to go see this in the theater. Um, I, I don't recall, but. This seems like one that we might have gone to see in the theater. And as a kid, like I enjoyed it. I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan. Um, you know, I, I had all the Hulkamaniac stuff. And I, I don't know how many times I watched No Holds Barred, how many times I watched this one as a kid. Um, haven't seen it since I was a kid. So this is probably the first time in almost 30 years that I've seen this movie. But um, yeah, no, I, as a kid, I loved it. Love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that it had the guy from Back to the Future didn't hurt either. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's got like two of my favorite things in one movie. But yes, upon rewatching as an adult, and, and Nora was with me when I was watching this one, and she, she wasn't completely paying attention to it the entire time. But every once in a while, especially at the beginning, she'd look up and she'd be like, are the visual effects supposed to be this bad? Yes. And I was like, well, yes. Yes, they their, are. Their, their budget was probably like 10 bucks. For the visual effects, you know, once you get Hulk Hogan, once you pay Hulk Hogan and uh, Christopher Lloyd and, and um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably supposed to be that way. So, yeah, out, out of the mouths of children. Well, one of the interesting things I saw about this movie is um, they had it was originally intended for Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger to do this. And then they went and did twins instead. Uh, otherwise, it would have been Danny DeVito was going to play Charlie Wilcox and Schwarzenegger was going to be Shep Ramsey. That's funny. So. Different movie, mm-hmm. but that's funny. 
Yeah. I would have hoped if it was Arnold, I would have hoped there would have been a few more Terminator gags. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm always curious, like, how do movies like this get made? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm curious because there was some stuff that was, you know, it was it was kind of cheese ball, but maybe that's what they figured. Like, what the heck? Let's just do it. You know, I'm I, I it's when Hulk Hogan is your star. It, you, I mean, that pretty much defines the type of movie it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be cheese ball because you're not going to get much range out of. Well, sure. Hulk. Well, and and part of my understanding of why this one got made, part of why it got made, is mm-hmm. that when they did No Holds Barred, the idea was Hulk Hogan was was the big deal in the w, WWF at the time. And when they did No Holds Barred, it was to introduce a new villain that was going to take him on in WWF. And so that's when they brought in Zeus. But, um, you know, the, the actor who played Zeus, not really a very good wrestler. And so that didn't really get very far when they brought him into the WWF episodes. Um, so they kind of they, they kind of decided to pivot and they were like, all right, fine. We need to bring out somebody who's actually got some wrestling skills. They can be a villain for Hulk Hogan. And um, let's do another, you know, we, we got Hulk. We, we got, um, you know, we can make a movie and uh, we can make a movie so we can introduce this new villain. Um, let's do that with The Undertaker. And so that's why, you know, the, the actor, is it Mark Calloway, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. That's the that's the guy who was The Undertaker. That's why he's one of the bounty hunters in this movie, because it was meant to introduce him as a villain that then, you know, when kids went to go watch WWF, they'd be like, oh, I know that guy now. That's the guy from, mm-hmm. you know, Suburban Commando. And there'd be a little bit of a right. little bit of name recognition there. So the, I think that was at least part of the reason why this got made, because you've also got a bunch of people, you know, a lot of the like the director and some of these other folks, they're kind of at the end of their careers. So I can't imagine that this was anybody's passion project. They were like, I've been waiting 20 years to make this thing. Right. Right. So I think very much a, a paycheck and a promotional deal. Gotcha. Yeah. If I had to guess, I wasn't there, but if I had to guess. No, I think, I, I think that makes sense. I, don't, I mean, I don't have a better explanation as to why this got made. Yeah. So works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up not taking that angle with with the Undertaker. No, no, because I think by I th- want to say something I read was that they ended up just going ahead and introducing him as a character in in WWF anyway, even before this movie came out. So I I think yeah, they kind of he shifted. Uh, he made his debut at SummerSlam. I think so. Yeah, uh, nine, 90, 91? It's probably ninety one. Because this one came out in October of '91, so if it's SummerSlam, it would have been a, it would have been summer '91. Yeah. Well, I so, yeah. when I was a kid, when I was a kid, and totally into this movie, yeah, because I like, I was I, I was huge into wrestling when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Um, but I remember watching this movie, and then Undertaker makes his debut. And then I was watching the movie again at some point. I'm like, wait a minute, that look, that guy looks just like The Undertaker. Yeah. And you know, there was no internet for me to jump on and research. So I no way to confirm your suspicions. 
Not easily. Yeah. No, I, I remember that too. I remember recognizing him in the movie because I had seen him before. Not mm-hmm. the and not the other mm-hmm. way around. So kind of the, the basics it's really not that complicated. The basics of the plot of this movie is that uh, Hulk Hogan or Shep has supposedly destroyed General Souter and uh, apparently things have been very stressful, so he's told to uh, just go go relax a little bit, you know, recharge your uh, recharge your ship and just go uh, chill out a little bit. Go find a place to chill out. And uh, Earth is pretty close by, so he's going to land on Earth and just uh, take a little take a little vacation for a few weeks. And um, then obviously he, he gets himself into some different situations and uh, beats up a mime and uh, you know flings cats out of trees and, like you, you know, do. Things like, as you should. A you mime know. is a terrible thing to waste. Oh, I'm disappointed. I didn't see that coming. Uh-huh. Yikes. Not, it's not even my line, but it's wow. so rare that I get to drop that one. There you go. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I pulled that out of uh, Men in Tights. There you go. There uh, it is. So do you have this this whole this whole kind of fish out of water thing and then we've got all these little different vignettes of him uh you know going through and and obviously punching the mime and squeezing the melons and all kinds of other stuff um zed i i see that look on your face pat um <laughs> yes uh do you do you have a favorite moment of those different situations he kind of gets himself into I, yeah i you know it was have a favorite moment is kind of hard to find. I thought it was funny that wherever he walked, people were always making comments, yeah. right? Like people were just like, like repeated and like, okay, so I know, you know, you're going to react seeing the guy, but it was just like, I guess you don't buy off the rack, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody had a comment yeah. that kind of cracked me up. That was, that's maybe a little bit less of the noticeable thing. I thought it was, you know, you know, the jerks up the street that had all the, you know, cars and everything out in the street, you know, this is in the nineties, we're going to sue you, you know, uh, that line was pretty humorous. Um, yeah, I, I, those are the spots that stuck off for me, you know, I don't, I have a hard time with the, the concept of fish out of water being applied to this movie because he clearly knows about earth and he knows that he hates earth. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. not like he's never been there or never researched or, you know, doesn't know anything about it. So I don't buy the fact that he wouldn't, he would so naively not fit in, you know, like I feel like he'd be aware of that. He's so much stronger than, uh, than, than humans on earth. And he'd, he'd already know, uh, some of the culture. So, you know, now if they had dropped that line about how he hates earth or doesn't want to go to earth and he ended up on earth and yeah, I think that would have been a better sell. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he talks about how he, he hates going to earth. Clearly, you know enough about it to hate it. So right. why should I believe then that you don't know how earth works? You know, you 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 know just you know not enough to try to cut the mailman's arm off, 
But when you're giving directions, you know what a driveway is enough to tell him, just turn in the driveway here. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. A, f- a few inconsistencies, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, I think it's, it goes without saying, it was there to kind of show off Hulk Hogan, right? Just kind of, yeah. hey, there's Hulk Hogan. And, and uh, you know, if you enjoy watching him, if you can get out a kick out of it, you'll enjoy it. Christopher Lloyd is great. You know, it's always fun seeing Christopher Lloyd do his thing. Um, I was frozen today. I yeah. was frozen today. I, you know, it's, it's like I said, the whole, you know, odd couple pairing. Did it work? Did it not? I, I, I think that was just kind of not within the purview of the mu- movie. I think it's just supposed to be like, dude, that's Hulk Hogan. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? I think that's kind of all the movie asked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that whole trivia bit about how um, Schwarzenegger and DeVito were approached. You know, it, it, this movie doesn't lend itself to having the, that odd couple feel to it. They don't, you know, those two characters don't do enough in this movie together to, to have that, you know, enough of those odd couple moments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to put Schwarzenegger and DeVito in this movie, you're not going to get the same chemistry as, as that you got out of Twins because Twins was written to have that odd couple feel to it. And, and yes, and Twins... I'm going to just basically say exactly what you just said. I just realized that. Yeah, twins, I mean, there was a whole interesting story about discovering in your family and this, you know, see our discussion on twins, right? We did twins, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Like I said, of course. I remember doing that. Yeah. Just like you said, though, Jeff, like this story is dude from outer space lands on Earth and zaps people with the ray gun. Well, actually, he didn't zap people with the ray gun. You know, Christopher Lloyd zapped things with the ray gun, and that's what brought the other guys in. But it it's easy, I think, with a, that as your subject matter, it's easy for this to kind of become something that you would see on, like, an MST3K broadcast, right? Like, I, it's just, it was enough, it was enough cheesy, Um and I got to admit, that's when I started bumping on the, not in a bad way, but just like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, is this another bug hunt? You know, he, he makes kind of the, I don't know if it was intentional, but in my mind, it was a reference to aliens. They're using PKE meters to track uh, things down. And I want to say that that wasn't it. Like there was. There were yeah, they reused props reference. from Masters of the Universe. Like yeah, definitely. That's what it was. Yeah. The guns, the ray guns or something. Uh, yes, we did do Twins, uh, episode number 176. Right, I remember it like it was yesterday. Going to be great. It, it'd be great if you had memorized the episode numbers for everything. It would oh, be. That'd wouldn't be it? awesome. That'd be awesome. Oh wait, you're talking to me because John has them all memorized. Sure. Yeah. Surely you can't be serious. Got a mind. Mm-hmm. Call me Shirley. That's another show. Got a mind like a steel trap. I just can't get into it. I'm on the wrong side <laughs> of the steel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in these in these little moments, these little pieces of him kind of walking around town and and you know doing his thing, um, I mean I, I guess I'm a little sadistic. I got to go with the one where he's flinging the cat out of the tree and then flinging the girl out of the tree. 
Yeah, that's pretty funny. Like, I remember, and, and Nora, even like that was her favorite. She just, she was cackling the entire time that happened. I was like, okay, this, yeah, this is my daughter. Yep. Uh, did this movie need more Christopher Lloyd? I think it needs more for his character to do. Okay. Or, or more development for his character. I mean, the, the characters are all very two-dimensional. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there's no depth to any of them. You know, they they are what they are, and the relationships between any of them are not believable in any way. Like, again, it, it definitely gives you that feeling that so many people were looking for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, between Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Long, or Shelley Duvall, like, no, I don't buy that at all. Between the kids and the parents, no, don't buy that at all. I, there was a point at which they a, a scene came back and towards the end, and the kids were like, you're the greatest dad. And I was like, where have these kids been the entire movie? <laughs> right? Wait, 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 he has kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Very, very haphazardly put together. Yeah, this movie just doesn't work when you're an adult. Is there anything that it could have done, other than you know developing the characters more, anything like that? Is there anything else this movie could have done that you think would have made it better? I mean, clearly developed characters <laughs> better, but... You know, I, I'm not making any movies, so I want to be careful. Like, oh, just do this, this, and this. But I think it would have had to have been kind of like from the ground up, approach it differently, right? Because it just, if it was indeed just, hey, we want to show off Hulk Hogan and introduce this other guy that could become his foil at the, uh, you know, upcoming WrestleMania, then, I mean, this is kind of going to be, you get what you get. It's one gag to the next. It's Hulk Hogan kind of, it's just a chance to watch Hulk Hogan bust a move. And it's fun watching Hulk Hogan bust a move, right? Um, you know, but did he really? Did he really bust a move? Did like? Did he really just unload on anybody? That's that's well, my thing that I would have done to improve this movie is more wrestling moves. Yeah, yeah, more physicality. Because the fight fighting sequences, better writing, better budget for special effects. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say like, well, just make everything better. I mean, I hear you. I hear you with the fight thing. Um, Cause that's like, did he even wrestle guys? Like they kind of wrestle him down. He'd throw them off. They'd zap each other with laser guns. You know, that was it. There was never a, yeah, there wasn't a lot of physicality to the fighting. Now that, no, I, I agree with that, man. That, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Actually see these guys wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, something that didn't, I don't know, something that felt like a wrestling thing. You know, just or, I mean, you, you, yeah. have them, you have them fight, and then the one gets thrown through a wall and has, like, the cartoon outline of the person through the wall, but, I mean, there were no actual... If part of the reason of this movie was to introduce a, a villain or a foil for Hulk Hogan to, to fight in WWE, at least give us some kind of a preview. I mean that's like yeah. putting, that's like putting Jackie Chan in a movie and not having him do any kind of martial arts. 
That is a very good analogy for that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this was, it was an opportunity wasted, which maybe behind the scenes, that's why they decided not to, yeah, not to go with that. Cause I mean, cause I remember that being the big push with no holds barred. Yeah. And you had, um, oh, what's the actor's name that played Zeus's manager in the movie? Kurt Fuller? Uh, manager. Was it Kurt? His name Kurt Fuller. I'm going to say his name is Kurt Fuller, but right. anyone can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I remember him being interviewed on wrestling shows as promos for Zeus coming to the WWF. Kurt Fuller, yep. Because he was, you know, he was saying that, uh, you know, the reason he lost in the movie is because that's the way it was written. And he's so much better than that. And he, Hulk Hogan's going to get what's coming to him as a result. So, I mean, they definitely played Zeus up as a villain outside of the movie. But yeah, I mean, they, they, if they wanted Mark Calloway to be the villain for Hulk Hogan, whether it was the undertaker or they had some other persona in mind, they didn't do anything with him to make him stand out to be villainous for Hulk Hogan, the wrestler. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that it, it just, he played a bad guy in a movie. Well, so what? Yeah. You know, what, so did how many other people in this movie play bad guys? What would make him so special that he needs to stand out to be introduced as Hogan's new uh, foil in the wrestling ring? Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, and, and it's like, it could have still been, you know, if they're just trying to, you know, go a little bit more low budget on stuff. I mean, they could have kept it that and added in, like take away a lot of the extra sci-fi stuff that isn't really the focus point of the movie. The focus point is Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Make him, make him wrestle more. Yeah. Yeah. The, the physicality. I mean, you have the, you have the most famous wrestler in the world in your movie. He should be beating people up from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And you could, I mean, you could do that sort of like, uh, uh, you know, when I, I remember watching, you know, um, all of it, you know, Monday Nitro, was it Thursday Thunder? And uh, Monday Night Raw came. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, I'm mixing when it was WWF, then WCW, and then okay. back and blah, 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 blah. But there was always the in-between where they'd have like the like soap opera section, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. so in a way, this movie should just kind of become like a succession of wrestling matches with extended soap opera sections. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, not that they that you want like the same kind of plot that you'd see in that, but that's almost like I think it would be more successful if it's just like okay, just just make it like you're watching, you know, Monday Nitro, but just make the story sections a little bit more extended. You gotta you gotta wrestle for the fate of the earth. Yeah, something like that. Maybe you have like a steel cage match or something, and then you you fight the Undertaker guy, then you fight the General Suter guy, and then you fight oh, yeah. the creature from the Black Lagoon guy. Oh, yeah. Well, and John, I said to you the other day, that's why No Holds Barred worked better as a movie is because mm-hmm. you have a wrestler playing a wrestler doing wrestling things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know exactly what you're getting there. Yeah. And you don't want it to be anything more than that. No. In this movie, you have a wrestler playing a powerful... A mercenary? Guy? I don't even think we really know what he is. <laughs> yeah, he's have gun, will travel, I, you know. Yeah. 
like I said, the, the whole fish out of water thing just didn't work mm-hmm. in ways that, you know, I've seen it work really well in other movies of the same, of, of the same nature too. Right. Like, you know, uh, what's the Vin Diesel one where he's a, is it the babysitter? Uh, is the babysitter or was, uh, uh, the tooth fairy one was, uh, the rock, wasn't it? I think rock was tooth fairy. Yeah. I think it was I a think, babysitter. Yes. I think Vin Diesel was, you know, it was a babysitter one. The pacifier or the, or, or the pat, maybe the pacifier. Yeah. Something like that. Like, Oh uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But I mean, that worked really well because you have this, uh, you know, the, this militia guy an entirely new realm of life that he's not accustomed to. Yeah. So it, it worked. So it is possible to make these things work. This, these concepts of fish out of water work. They tried to make it work in Suburban Commando, but they set themselves up for it not to work by having the whole bit of dialogue telling us that he knows about Earth and he doesn't like Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing that would have, I think, maybe fixed this movie for me is if they would have brought in the writers from No Holds Barred, uh, because we did talk about this earlier, and, and I don't feel like you can have a Hulk Hogan movie without the quality kind of writing you got in No Holds Barred. So this, I've, I've got a clip of something that I think would have helped improve this movie for me. I think I know where this is. What's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> I hate Dookie. <laughs> What's that movie? Dookie. I'm sorry. I'm at Suburban Commando. Uh, anyway, uh, are we ready for three questions? I feel like we we barely talked about Suburban Commando. <laughs> Well, uh, and and I mean, this is me coming off of listening to how many episodes that I have of you guys covering great films, mm-hmm. hour and a half, two hours at a time. Oh yeah. Now it's like we talked about Suburban Commando for twenty minutes, and that's about twenty minutes well, too here, long. We've really got nothing more to say. There we go. Actually, here I I, I didn't mean to bring this up, so I I don't want to miss this part. Um, what about the villain? So General Souter. How did you feel about General Souter? I know as a kid, like I thought that was kind of cool. Like he's the now as an adult watching this, I'm like, now where's the explanation as to why he's a lizard man? Like what? Why? I don't understand it. But as a kid, hey man, I was, as a kid, I was like, he's a can't lizard be sci-fi. Man. It don't matter why he's a lizard man. I know, I know. He they just is extra, a lizard in a man suit. They had an extra thirty bucks to spend on uh, special effects. I said, I know. <laughs> Watch what we can do here. Were, yeah, probably. That sounds about right. They were just doing some test footage for Super Mario Brothers, the movie. I mean, he I'm, he was a villain. He was a bad guy. Yeah. There was nothing great about his villain performance. He was one step shy of having a mustache to twirl while he was saying his lines. Yeah. Wow, I'm really coming down on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm not as personally offended by it as as I'm as it's coming across to be. Yeah, 
Well, and, and same thing. Like, I'm when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I'm not sitting there and be like, man, this thing is terrible. I mean, it is, but I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, this is not good. Like, it's still funny and I'm still going to watch this and I'm watching it with my kid and she thinks some of it's funny too. But I also am watching. Oh, because as a kid, it is funny. Oh, it is. And it's, it's, it's I mean, I think that's unfortunately the truth, maybe. Yeah. Well, but... This is definitely a kid's movie because. Hulk doesn't get a uh, he doesn't get a love scene in this one like he did in No Holds Barred. So this is definitely a kids movie. Got you looking. <laughs> but no, I I had fun watching this movie. It's still a terrible movie, but I had fun watching it. Yeah, it became I, a background movie for me. You know, it's it's like downing a bunch of pixie sticks. It's kind of fun at the time, but you know you're going to throw up later. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's humorous. I, and it's interesting to hear what your what your uh, uh, daughter thought of it, John. Especially because, like, we all grew up with Hulk Hogan, right? Being Hulkamaniacs, ah, it's Hulk Hogan. If you don't have that, is this just a weird movie? You know, and yeah, so I think so. And, and you know, like I said, the the comedy kind of worked, and I, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's fine. Then you got me thinking, like, oh man, if there were just more wrestling scenes, because that would be the thing that would hold it in, right? That would be the thing, like, hey, we got to rewatch this, because, dude, you know, like, give us a, give us like the last half hour of the movie. Okay, that would be a third of the movie. Okay, the last twenty five minutes of the movie, just some like a straight up brawl, yeah. like WWF style, you know, like I mean, well, and the, and be- the perfect the perfect opportunity to make this a sci fi wrestling thing, like you could totally have. I mean, he he basically he fights a lizard man at the end of this deal. Why could you not have some kind of sci-fi futuristic wrestling match that they have to have for the fate of the Earth? And he's got to fight. You know, he's got to fight the bounty hunter guys. Um, but then you don't. You know, because I know if they're trying to introduce the Undertaker, you don't want to. You don't want to do like what you did with No Holds Barred, and he, you know, he beats him. You know, at the end of the movie and ruin the whole thing for the the mystique of the Undertaker later on. Mm-hmm. Interrupt that with. General Souter shows up, so they don't actually finish the Undertaker-Hulk Hogan fight in the movie. General Souter shows up, he fights Hulk for a little bit, and then he turns into the Lizard Man, and then you got him finishing off the match, and I, I don't know, it just seems like it's a, it's a like, you know, Jeff, I think you said it earlier, huge missed opportunity to have a sci-fi movie with Hulk Hogan, a Lizard Man costume, and you don't have some kind of a tag team, steel cage, death match kind of thing at the end. You know, it makes me think of like all the other, all the other, like there's so many um, movies that feature wrestlers that did that well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, think of the alley fight and they live. Yeah. Um, or the, uh, whatever, whatever TV movie that was with Roddy Piper and Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. tag team. Is that what it was, was it called? Tag team. It might've been. They, they were, they got kicked out of wrestling, so they became cops. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, they incorporated wrestling, their wrestling moves into their police work. Yeah. Like, I carry always and Andre the Giant and Princess Bride. There was even wrestling in that one, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Everybody move. Everybody move. It's not my um, fault. I'm the biggest and the strongest. I don't even know. they want a peanut? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Missed opportunities. This one could have been, could have been better. Right. Still fun. Still campy and stupid. But yeah, I think that's a good point. If you don't know who Hulk Hogan is, so for Nora, this was just a weird movie. 
because mm-hmm. she doesn't know who Hulk Hogan is. I mean, I explained it to her. I was like, okay, this is Hulk Hogan. He was big when I was a kid. It was kind of like, you know, they've seen Space Jam and they know who Michael Jordan is. So like, it's kind of like a Space Jam, you know, with Michael Jordan as a basketball player. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, because they're doing the new one with LeBron James. I said, yes, same kind of thing. It was an opportunity for a really famous athlete at the time to get a movie and do that kind of thing. And, and I said, that's who this is. She's like, oh, all right. But she had no frame of reference. Like she didn't, you know, she's never watched any of that stuff. We've never, they've never watched wrestling. So it's, you know, it was not a thing for them. But yeah, for, right. For us, it was very much, very, very huge. Well, and see, that's where, that's where you can enjoy it. Cause it's like you're watching Hulk Hogan again. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just like that's fun. Like right when he's in his prime and, and all that. I remember him on the A team. I remember him on, you know, his appearance in Rocky Three. But, you know, I haven't seen No Holds Barred. We didn't watch it for the show, did we? Did we watch it for the podcast? Did I comment on that one? Uh, I don't think we did. I know. I did. Okay. I think, didn't you do a one-off? Didn't you take down like three or four movies or something like that? I might have. Okay. I don't think I commented If it makes you it. feel any better, Pat, I don't necessarily remember that one either. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't uh, know if that should make you feel better that I don't remember it either. I'm saying I don't remember it either. Uh, hey, man, I'm saying I care. I, um, no, I'm, I'm right there. I don't remember commenting. I don't think I've seen No Holds Barred. So if I commented on it, it was You were inaccurate. asleep. And- I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wax on wax off was the theme of the <laughs> that was my favorite theme yep. um no but i mean that's the thing and like that's where i think back of this movie and it's like i could put this in and probably have it on and just like <laughs> you know like but that's because you know remember hulk hogan and so it's fun seeing him do his thing um and i think i've said that throughout i i there just wasn't much more to the movie. And I think that's why we're at a loss. I mean, if you had, if you had the big fight scene, we'd be saying, dude, when he jumped off the top of the building and he did the, you know, atomic pile driver or whatever, you know, I mean, then we'd have something to talk about. Like the movie really, I mean, the plot is kind of Jeff, like you said, two dimensional like cardboard characters, cut out characters, which is what they want. And that's cool. Um, Christopher Lloyd, it's just fun watching him on screen, you know? Um, But yeah, it's, it's just, it's just that, you know, that's all there is to it. Episode number 263 was no holds barred. Okay. I don't know. I, no, it was just me. There was a stretch. Okay. Of, there was a, I think it was a little bit of a stretch of time. Actually, I say in the description of the episode, it's been a challenge to get everyone together lately. So we take a quick break from our regular schedule. Um, it's I think it's just me. I did the episode is called a Tubi Twofer, uh, where I found two movies that were on Tubi.com, and it was uh, No Holds Barred and Dream a Little Dream from 1989. So it's episode 263. If anybody wants to find it, got it. And I'm sure I feature the Dookie line prominently in there. All right. I, do we have anything else we want to say before we jump into our three questions? I'm sorry if people like this movie and I just trashed on it. Now I feel it's like it's usually Pat. Pat's gig. Uh, Pat, do you feel like this all the time? I, this is a burden, man. I, I feel, the, hey, man, the struggle is real. Patri- the struggle. Patreon, Patreon.com slash 30 I mean, podcast. 
you know, it's not like I just jumped on here and was like, Home Alone sucks. So, you know, I got that going for me. <laughs> uh, sorry, Podrick. <laughs> well, uh, we're assuming, you know, we're it's assumption there that there's people. And, and again, I, I don't know. It's, it's fun. We recover. We just, you know, we just, we just wanted more. Yeah. But that's where you can go back and watch like WrestleMania ad nauseum. All well, right. it's never going to be ad nauseum. You can't get enough of that stuff. Uh, quick- Especially on, it, on, uh, on the Peacock streaming service. Yeah. It's, it's all awesome. there, man. Oh, it's that was all there. there. Every pay-per-view since the beginning of WWF is available on the Peacock streaming service. If And if you have Xfinity, you can upgrade your Peacock account so you get all that premium stuff without having to pay extra for it. Oh. And then you can take what you were thinking about paying for Peacock and pay to have no commercial Peacock. And then, well. Oh, well, there you go. Came on. Okay. They have a, they have a really great docu series about the Monday Night Wars between WWF and WCW. Nice, it's a great nice. series. Hmm. That's cool. That does sound good. I'm not sleeping tonight. Then I went back and I, I watched like the first couple Royal Rumbles. Those were great. Yeah. Uh, quick anyway. question: Does anybody know is uh, Chris Hemsworth still making the Hulk Hogan movie? Oh, I hope it? he is. I hope he is. He's also my pick to be the next Terminator to circle back to that conversation you guys have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. He'd make a good Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I looked it up real quick. I don't know that there is a release date. Uh, It says that the Hulk Hogan biopic will be released in 2022 on Netflix. So sometime next year. Cool. Looks like I'm keeping my Netflix for another year. There you go. Ah, between the, well, between the Stranger Things and the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got Stranger. rid of Jeopardy. That was a big no-no in our house. But Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. Camp Camp Cretaceous. Yeah, those were good too. I did watch most of those. Oh, they were great. They were a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, we ready for three questions? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, man. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, question number one. Who was your favorite pro wrestler when you were a kid? All right, Hulk Hogan was mine. Yeah, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Sort of seems like the low-hanging fruit, but I think it's true. Yeah. Like I, I had moments where it was it was Macho Man or the Ultimate Warrior, but it was always it was always hovering somewhere between those three, and it was pretty much always Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, he was one of those guys. It, I mean, it, it, he was one of those guys that just trans. You know, you get the casual fans. Everybody knew him. The market, like everything, it just. He was the superstar of the whole deal, you yeah. know. Well, and actually, it was it was when he turned villain that that's kind of when I stopped watching wrestling. You know, because my I mean my my typical thing is the reason I like a Superman better than a Batman is Superman is the, you know, the optimistic the you know he's full of goodness and. You know, Hulk was always the say your prayers, take your vitamins, you know, do all that stuff. And then he turned bad. And I was like, well, hold on. That's not, yeah. that's, that's not Hulk. Like what's, what's going but on you here? Re- but you remember when that was the D- WCD, uh, yeah. WCW, that was uh, the uh, uh, NWO w- stuff. The WWJD. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember, remember when he started turning back good? I remember that night, man. I think we were all in the dorm room and we're just like, yeah. His kid, his kid was in the locker room with him. Okay, I, I remember. I remember because they it was one of the video shots that they cut to mid show, and it cut to Hogan in the dressing room and his kid is there. He's like, Dad, you know, you 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 need your you need your stuff. He's like, Oh, hold hold on, hold on, and he left the locker room to go do something. Mm-hmm. And then later on in that episode, he comes out wearing the red and yellow. Yeah. And and if I remember, it, I'm probably condensing it, but I remember he, like, every so often he'd do some hulking up stuff. He'd be he'd, he'd be doing the hulking up stuff. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Is he hulking up? Like, is he, is he, is he going to be back good? And then, yeah, I just remember he came out. And whatever he did, it was some dramatic where he came running out and he, like, fought the bad guys and helped the good guys or whatever. And I'm, I'm – if I remember the timing right, man, we were in college, piled into a dorm room watching this, and oh man, we went crazy because that was awesome. Yeah, when Hulk Hogan became good again, that was fantastic. I wonder if there's a clip of that on YouTube. Oh, there's wow! I was about to say there's gotta be, but something tells me they guard that copyright pretty close. That might be harder to find than I think. No, I I missed that one. I had I had kind of given up on wrestling long before that, so I didn't get to see that one. Oh, go back and check it out. That was fun. Okay. That was fun. 4-4 of 2002, Hulk Hogan returns with red and yellow colors. Nice. Oh, see, then, well, yeah, 2002. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was out of college by 2002. (laughs) There was something where he went, like, he became the good guy again. There was something where he did that. There was one of the nights, and I thought it was back. I thought it was back in the nineties, late nineties, and and like I said, and I don't remember if he came out, but he started doing the Hulk up thing or the listen, you know, where he'd do this and he, you know, he'd, he'd gesture for everyone to cheer and they'd go crazy, and then he was. This says uh, Hulkamania returns, uh, Nitro, 9th of August, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. That would have been it. That would have been it. Gosh. Monday Nitro. Nitro. Monday God. Nitro. Remember that? That brings back memories. There was, I don't remember which, so I had, like John, there was a point when I sort of stopped watching, but um, I think it was Monday Night Nitro. It was either, it was either Monday Nitro or the Friday show, and I can't remember its name either right now. Mm-hmm. But it was on before something else I would watch. I think this was when they were show, running it on the Sci-Fi Channel. All right, guys. 
I got a video clip here. Oh, nice. What do you got for us? Here, I can't. Is it might be the same video? Is this the Hulkamania returns? Uh, Sting, Goldberg, Hogan versus yeah. Nash. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I can hear it from your computer. So let me play it on mine. Then we'll get it on the recording. I think I got it here. Was one of the shows live? gets in the ring where he goes to like each of the corners and does the you know puts his hand up to his ear yep and, yep yep yeah yeah that was outstanding. Yeah. i love how they uh, how he comes down to the ring i have no idea you know never know what he's actually saying but he's like always talking to somebody yeah. pointing and turning around and i don't know yeah. it cracks me up that he's always like i'm supposed i'm sure it's supposed to be something like I'm going to break you in half and throw you over the <laughs> road, but I'm coming for you. But it's, it's fun to think like, or it could just as easily be, Hey brother, do you want to get a beer after this? Right. <laughs> how, how about we go out for a nice sandwich, brother? We'll rip it in half and we'll each have some. It'll be great. <laughs> I like a nice mutton lettuce and tomato where the mutton is nice and lean brother. Well, you know, some mean gene. <laughs> wow. There's a blast. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. <laughs> I did. My mom used to. Speaking of wrestling, my mom used to absolutely hate the character of Brother Love. So usually every Mother's Day, I'll send her a quick little clip of him going, "I love you," and she absolutely hates it. But I do it every <laughs> year. Such a good son. I, I try to be. I try to be. All right. Question number two: Did you ever have a skateboard as a kid? No. That no. would have been bad for. Lots of reasons. <laughs> I did, but I couldn't skateboard for the to save my life. No. I I think we had two. We got found them in a garage sale, so we got them, and then proceeded to never skateboard ever. And there were the plastic ones too, not like the the ones that came out in the nineties. Yeah, the bigger, wider ones, like like thick strips of plastic. Yeah. Like just just as wide as your foot, basically. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I I got one in the '90s. I got one of the actual actual wider skateboards. Mine was like a neon green and purple with a skateboarding, uh, very, dressed very '90s like uh, dinosaur on the bottom of it. And uh, no, could not skateboard to save my life. The only the only time I ever rode this thing was because in our neighborhood we had uh, you know the the neighborhood kind of went up a hill a little bit and so um I, I basically just stood on the skateboard at the top of the hill i kind of pulled a bart simpson trying to jump the uh, springfield gorge um i just mm. started at the top of the hill stood on the skateboard and just rode the thing down and when i ran out of momentum that's when i picked up my skateboard and walked back up the hill 
that was the extent of my skateboarding. Yeah, I had a skateboard. wasn't very good at it. I liked riding my bike more. Yeah. End of story. End of line. That's all I have to say about that. All right, question number three. What that super- boy ain't right. What superhero or warrior or hero or villain has the best armor? Shredder. Shredder's up there. Shredder's up there. I had a difficult time with this. I narrowed it down to three. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know what my favorite one is, though. But I'm in there. Well, that's good. Um, I I put Mandalorian because it's just. Oh yeah, that's pretty awesome. I was just I was just thinking Boba Fett. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I always liked Mad Mardigan's armor in Willow. Yeah, uh, I, I had that thought too. Yeah, since we were thinking of Val Kilmer, him and General Kale, like either one of them, I always thought that was so cool. Um, General Kale's helmet was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I thought was kind of cool, just because it was so different from anything else and just so visually, I don't know, just visually different, the armor that um, Gary Oldman wears at the beginning of the Dracula movie, the red armor. Mm. I always thought that one was kind of cool. What about the Hulkbuster armor? Yeah. Oh, any of the Iron Man ones. Those are cool. Yeah. Are we saying favorite armor from a movie or favorite villain's armor? I uh, misunderstood. The... Fa- favorite armor. Could be a favorite hero. Favorite armor. Could be a hero. Could be a villain. Could be a... Uh, it changes the calculus a little bit. Yeah, I thought for some reason I misheard you. I thought it was favorite villain's armor the tank in the james garner movie tank that's pretty good armor okay i was gonna say red sonia but i thought i would get ridiculed (laughs) not ridiculed just uh get some chuckles Mm -hmm. great film it is this it is i can't wait till they may do a remake of it the samurai armor in seven samurai Yes. The samurai armor in the last samurai. In the last samurai, that was a good one too. Yeah. The seven, the samurai armor in. Okay, and it just keeps going. Just Although keeps... I'm trying to think, I don't know if the guys in Seven Samurai wore armor. I think because they were, they were they were supposed to be like Ronin. I thought so. Yeah, no, I don't think they had armor, did they? Yeah. So, I, the, but the guys yeah. in Seven Samurai, that was that was cool armor. Yeah. Hulk Hogan and Suburban Commando. That was pretty good. Sure. Looked like plastic. If you want the muscle enhancers. All right. I was frozen today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did I get an answer from everybody on that one? Did Bo? Did you say yours? Uh, Shredder. Oh, Shredder. That's right. That's right. And Pat, did you decide on one, or did you just say everybody's armor in every samurai movie ever? Uh, I'll say Last Samurai. Okay. Because honestly, as I got talking, I think a lot of those other ones I was quoting, they weren't wearing, they weren't wearing armor. Okay. All right. So I thought there for a minute you'd go for some of the uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. Lord of the Rings stuff is pretty good. Although even in that one, I mean they're, they're wearing some cool armor. But then like, oh, I guess the elves wear armor. See, but most of that movie they're wearing more just like, you know, yeah, cloth. Traveler's garb. That's you know true. what I'm saying? That's true. 
All right. Well, that is our last of our three questions, and that's going to do it for Suburban Commando. And uh, we, hey, you know what? When we talked a little bit about Val, the documentary, but uh, we, uh, if if I wait like thirty more seconds, we eked out an hour and twenty minutes talking about Suburban Commando, guys. We almost did the entire length of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but, not sure. Bo, not, I'm not sure how I feel about no, that. But yeah. Bo, Bo's response is the correct one, so thank you. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. fair, though, we didn't talk about Suburban Commando for the entire time. Well, no, because then we'd have to put an ice pick through our skulls. <laughs> Not wrong. That is also the correct response. <laughs> it, it's it's rough in here tonight. This is a rough bunch, is what I'm saying. Well, you know, I didn't have a connection to this movie as a kid, and I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. you know, Hulk Hogan. But I, like I said earlier, I I enjoyed it. It's still a terrible movie, but I I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this time. This is the 30-something podcast. We are at 30podcast.com. We're at 30podcast on most of the social medias. Uh, You can leave us a voicemail by going to our website, and there is a little teeny tiny voicemail button there that you can click. Uh, Don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers podcast network. Go over to scenestealersglobal.com. Our next episode's coming up. We've got in the month of September. So this this ends uh, this brings to an end our month of August, and in September our Patreon episode is My Dinner with Andre from 1981, reaching its 40th anniversary this year. And then we've got Jungle Fever, White Fang, Dead Again, Frankie and Johnny, Beauty and the Beast. October our Patreon is Evil Dead from 1981. We've got Silence of the Lambs, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Sleeping with the Enemy, and The People Under the Stairs. So you can join us for those. Looking forward to some of those as we get on into Silence the next couple of months. Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Hello. Some Chianti and Fava beans. Hello, Clarice. Yes, yes. And actually, Silence of the Lambs, we might do a uh, we might do an episode with the Shirley Podcast guys for that one. So Oh nice. Movie was That'd be fun. Good. That'd be awesome. Yeah. They, uh, I, I'm intrigued. They had a movie that they wanted to compare it with so that we would do Silence of the Lambs and then a comparison with another movie. Oh, dear. So I'm really, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what their comparison. Uh, yeah. I mean, w- without, uh, well, what the heck I can, I can spoil it a little bit. Um, they had a, uh, they had a comparison with the movie M that they wanted to make mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. So I'm curious to find out more. I've never seen them. Okay. So, yeah. So we may do that. We'll find out. We'll find out in October. Interesting. Um, Yeah. But in the meantime, thank you, gents, for being here, as always. Thank you, John, for getting us together. Zoom link. Always always a good time with you, gentlemen. So uh, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time. There's nothing quite like playing a bunch of like heavy metal music and watching a bunch of guys that are balding or have short hair try to headbang. Yeah, it's just not um, the same, is I it? Just, I just, I'm, I'm still recording, and this will be in the episode. I just, I just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah.
Now I'm not going to headbang. 